guys. Welcome to The Ronin Rabbit, a Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore, and this is episode 99. Teal Productions on Twitter is where you can find me. The Ronin Rabbit has a Google Plus page on Facebook. The episodes are posted on the Usagi Ojimbo Dojo Facebook page. BigTimeNoise.com slash Ronin Rabbit is the website. And usagipodcast at gmail.com, the email address. Usagi Ojimbo Volume 3, Issue 25 from Dark Horse Comics, dated November 1998, is the issue before us. Momo Usagi Taro is the title of the story. We open with Usagi sitting on the uh, outside deck, kind of a porch-like, I guess, of a an inn, having just finished a meal, and referencing to the female innkeeper, the inn marm, I guess, or I'm, I'm not sure what they'd be called. I was trying to be funny. I don't know if that was. Um, he says he saw some kibidanjo uh, millet cakes back in the back, and she said, yes, indeed, I'll bring you one out. Usagi's like, cool. And as he gets ready to eat, he looks up and there's a, a child who uh, I think is dirty because there's little dots around his head, which given who and what he is, that's kind of interesting to me. But then Usagi says, you look like you want this more than I do. Oh, well, here you are. Enjoy it. I hope it's okay with your parents. And he gives it to the boy and the boy starts eating it. Usagi promptly hails the innkeepress for another and she says, absolutely, we have plenty. And brings one out, and he looks up, and there's a little girl standing to the little boy. And he says, oh, okay, okay, it's not fair if he gets to eat one. Here you go. And he gives her uh, the one. Usagi signals the innkeeper for another, and when he turns around, there's a third child. And he gives that child another millet cake. And soon, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. He has handed twelve millet cakes out as, I guess, a new child appears. Now, the next panel is off to the distance a little bit. We see a lady with a gentleman who is pulling a cart full of vegetables. She walks up and says, Kibi Dango, where did you get all the sweets to the children? And Usagi kind of does that, oops, my bad kind of smile, you know. He says, uh, I sort of treated them. I, I hope it was okay. I am Miyamoto Usagi. And she demurely bows her head, and as she does, she closes her eyes, uh, supplicant-like. Well, thank you, Usagi-san. It's not often the children have treats. They're from an orphanage, you know. I am their matron. You know. This character drops you know in every other word bubble that she has. I guess it's an affectation she has. So she goes on to explain who they are, where they are, what they're doing. They have traveled uh, through the farmlands uh, adjacent because the um, not highly valuably sellable vegetables they give to the orphanage um, so that they have food to eat. She mentioned they also have another patron that gives them money that allows them to pay their monetary expenses. And between everyone's kindness... Uh, alluding to much as the kindness you have shown the children today, uh, our orphanage is able to do what it what it does. And as they're speaking, a um, the Unagiyama Unagiyama entertainment troupe comes through into town, um, 
saying that they're going to be there for a couple months, kind of like a circus, uh, a medieval Japanese circus. Advertising acrobats, knife throwers, jugglers, musicians, magicians, fan dancers, puppeteers, and kabuki. And the children all get very excited and ask if they can go, but of course the orphanage doesn't have the money. They ask Usagi if he has the money. Uh, the matron is is very displeased with that. And Usagi says, "No, no, I don't. I don't have that kind of money." But uh, after dinner, I will tell you a story. How's that sound? And they they all dig that. So the matron invites Usagi as an honored guest to treat him for being kind to the children. After dinner, all the kids get excited and everything, and they all gather round. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Oh, so it was all all the children got cakes, too. Uh, so they gather up, and Usagi tells the story. Mukashi, Mukashi. Long time ago, Oji-san and Oba-san lived a quiet life in the mountains. They had no children, but even at their age, they prayed to the gods for a little one of their own. Now, I believe Oji-san is grandfather, and Oba-san is grandmother. Uh, I take this to be... A reference for the children that he's speaking to. Um, the people would be old enough to be Usagi's mother and father, let's say. Uh, but to the children, they would be old enough to be a grandmother and grandfather. So that is both the son and a title, I think. Or a son, excuse me. A name and a title. A son. Uh, so he's he's telling them, you know, that they, they live their life. One day, while the father was out seeking wood, uh, the mother... Or, well, I'm sorry, the the wife, Oba'asan, was down at the stream washing clothes. She liked to pretend while she was washing clothes that she was washing the clothes of her child. And so she would sing child songs and lullabies and whatnot. And as she's washing, uh, a giant peach washes through and, and she grabs it up and says, Ha! What good fortune! We'll surely have a great feast tonight! And she takes it home. Well, they get home, and just as Oji-san is about to cut the peach so that they can start doing what they need to do with it, it rips open, and inside is a perfect baby boy, who Oji-san names Momo Usagitaro, which is Peach Rabbit Boy. Oddly enough, the rabbit looks exactly like Usagi. Exactly like. As he's growing... The man teaches him, teaches him the skills of the samurai, which are listed as horsemanship, archery, bushido, the coat of the warrior, swordsmanship, and the art of calligraphy and knowledge of the Chinese classics. I guess at this time the Japanese don't have classics? <laughs> so one day, Momo Usagitaro approaches Oji-san and says, Father, I'm troubled. I had a dream, the most vivid I've ever had. In it, evil Oni came by sea to plunder and destroy. Oni are ogres. And the father says, No, it wasn't a dream, my son. It was a vision. I myself, in my youth, fought the Oni many years ago. Since they left their island fortress, I feared that they will soon come back and raid again. Inusagi Momo Taro, Momo, Ta- Momo Usagi Taro, rather, stands up and says, On my honor, I swear that never again will the Oni hurt the innocent. I will depart for the inland sea tomorrow. Well said, my son, Oji-san says. So, 
Next, we see Usagi dressed in battle armor with a, a headband on with a little symbol that I'm going to say represents the family, and I believe it does because I believe the same symbol is on the sail of a boat that he uses later. It's a big peach, which makes sense. Um, Oji-san gives Momo a sword, the sword that he used to fight the Oni. Oba'a gives her son Nipponichi no Kibidango, the best millet cakes in the land. For, well, one would assume for food, but we'll find that they are for more than that. And Momo tricks on. As he's sitting here about to enjoy his first meal of his travels, a beast draws his attention from the woods, telling him that he is Inu, the lord of the forest floor. You must be Momo Usagitaro, all in the forest know of your journey to battle the Oni. Momo says, what do you want? He says, well, I've noticed you have Nipponichi no Kibidango in your pouch. Give me one and I'll join you. And Momo says, well, I can't give you one, but I'll split one with you. I'll share it. And Inu says, fair enough, and joins him. So they eat and they trek. Next day in their journeys, they're waylaid by a monkey who starts flitting and and fumbling and whatever around them, rather mischievously, but not doing any harm. Uh, And then as they're about to leave him, you know, this this foolishness, we have a journey to undergo. He speaks and says, I just wanted to see if you really are Momo Usagitaro. I'm Seru, Lord of the Trees. Is that Nipponichi no Kibidango you carry? Give me one and I'll join you. And he says, I can't give you one, but I'll share with you. And the monkey Saru says, fair enough, let's go. So he joins the group. Is there Walking the next day across a great plain, they see a a bird high up in the sky, screaming at them. Then the bird comes down and eh, seemingly attacks them, but not really. It just buzzes them. And he says, I am Kiji, Lord of the Skies. Momo Usagitaro, is that... Is that what? Yes. Nipponichi no Kibidango you carry. Give me one and I will join your trek, Usagi... Excuse me. Momo says, I can't give you one, but I will share with you. Kiji says, fair enough, and joins the quest. So now we have Momo, Usagitaro, Inu, Saru, and Kiji on a quest to defeat the Oni. They get to the Inland Sea and they find a boat moored there. They get in the boat. And after many days crossing storm-tossed waters, they come across an island with a very evil, facey, demonic, heady-looking castle. So they land, but the Oni are ready for them because they saw the boat approaching. And they close themselves up in the fortress. So Saru and Kiji attack from the air, um, and uh, Saru, because he can hop and jump around... In the melee, they undo the gate so that Momo and Inu can enter, and the four just lay waste to the Oni inside until only the leader is left to face Momo Usagitaro. In the fight, Momo 
cuts off, slices off the horns of the head of the Oni, who immediately crumples to the ground, screaming, and then says, Without my horns, I am powerless. Mercy, warrior, mercy. I vow to repent and make restitution. How? A rather fierce-looking Momo says. So the Oni takes him to the uh, treasure chamber, and we see that all of the gold, coral, tortoiseshell, jade swords, and much more that have been plundered over the years by the Oni is all stored there. So um, Momo takes that back across the waters with him, redisperses it to all those peoples and places that had lost things to the Oni, uh, builds a giant castle where Oji'i and Oba'a live out the rest of their days, and Momo Usagitaro, Inu, Saro, and Kiji use it as a base for many heroic deeds. Then we cut back to the here and now, and we see that all the kids have fallen asleep. Usagi helps the matron tuck them in, and then goes on his way with a thank you from both parties to the other. And as the matron is standing there, watching Usagi walk off, another samurai comes up, Inuke, I-N-U-K-A-I, Inuke. And it seems that it is he that is the patron of money, uh, for he gives her a bag of gold and says, hopefully there is enough in there also to take the children to see the entertainment troupe in town. Um, And again, much thank yous both ways here. Usagi is walking off and he, he bumps into a young lady that is all bundled up with her head covered. And he apologizes, and she apologizes. But Ugi, Ugi, sorry, Usagi stops to watch her. And as he as he turns, he's thinking, "What a beautiful girl! She seems to be in a big hurry. I wonder what's wrong. Ah, she probably just wants to get home to her family." Stop it, Usagi. He chastises himself. You're reading too much into her actions. Besides, it's not your concern. And at this point, I felt that that meant that something was coming up with that character, that this story wasn't necessarily a runoff. A runoff, excuse me, I am misspeaking a lot, uh, was a one-off. Uh, and so I kind of flipped ahead to issue 26, and sure enough, it, it is a, a, a boating of things to come, which is good. So let's see what words stood out to me. We have the kibidango, which is the millet cake, um, kabuki, which we have all seen the Japanese art form of kabuki. Apparently, Usagi uh, indicated that it had started with a priestess of a particular religious sect that she was the first to um, don the makeup and do it. Ronin, masterless samurai. We, we know that. We've had that many times. Oni, which are ogres. We've had that several, several times as well. So, um, things have, have much quieted down after the grass cutter saga now we've seen the past two or three issues uh, next one is Usagi Jimbo volume 3 issue 26 from Dark Horse Comics dated January 1999 and the tale is the hairpin murders and I believe this story introduces a character that we will see on and off through the Usagi mythos but more importantly most recently in a series that's been running in the current issues of the book. Um, I say it that way because I don't read the current issues when they come out. I buy mine, I put them in my box, I pull them out to read them when I decide to do an episode of the show. That way, I'm reading them for the first time, and hopefully my thoughts and impressions are 
genuine, uh, unique. You know, they're not canned or pre-thought or anything like that. Um, which is part of the reason why I make so many verbal mistakes, and I apologize for that if, if that's off-putting to anybody. Um, I try to keep the podcast as real as I can get it. I'm not necessarily a fan personally of doing a scripted, you know, uber-professional-sounding show, and I know mine does not sound like that. I try to keep mine off the cuff and as real as I can. I listen to extremely scripted shows, and there are people out there that do them uh, very, very well, rad. Um, So, you know, that is a technique, just not one that I prefer to use. So that's all from me, guys. Thanks a lot. I will talk to you next time for what my record show will be, episode 100 of the Ronin Reddit. Talk to you guys next time. Ciao. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal production, and as such, is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, non-derivatives, 3.0, unported license.